Hello, and welcome to uh, Podcast Open Mic. I'm your host, Lorenzo. And a little different this program. I have uh, Chris Newcomb with me, and uh, he is star of a one-man show called uh, Think You Might Be Wrong. That's playing at the uh, Footlights Theater in Falmouth. And what's the dates of those? Uh, It is Wednesday. I believe it's the 2nd if that's the right day on the calendar. Um, and it goes from Wednesday through Sunday. So there's six shows. There's a there's 7 o'clock in the evening, and then there's a 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon as well as a 7 o'clock show, and then a 2 o'clock Sunday. Okay. So, yeah. So a one-man show. Have, yeah. Have you ever done anything? You've done them? Well, I have uh, done. This is a show of my stories. Okay. And uh, it's about 90 minutes long. It's 16 different tales. Um, and I have done one-person shows, but I've never had where I hired a director and a producer, and that's made all the difference in the world. I really needed somebody outside of myself to be able to look, to hear, to watch, and to uh, you know really help me make this a theatrical experience as well as just telling my stories. Uh-huh. And that's been a great experience. Uh, Al um, from, uh, from Snow Lion Rep is the one who's my director, and his wife Margaret is the producer. And they're fabulous. They're fabulous. It's been really, really wonderful. And how do you feel being directed with your stories? Well, it's great because, you know, I know my stories, but like I say, I'm telling them and I can tell them. But I, it's so nice to have somebody outside. I mean, that's what in theater, I've done a lot of theater, and you really need a director because you can be up there doing something and then they can look at you and go, what are you doing? And I said, well, I thought I was doing this. And they go, no, it looked like you were <laughs> doing this. You know, that's uh, how about, you know, and then they give you an idea. But they can see outside from a distance, and that's a really important thing to have. And so I really wanted that this time around. It feels great. So how did you start storytelling? Well, it's interesting. I'd done a lot of theater first. Um, but the thing is that stories, every one of us is a storyteller. You know, we are. We're just natural storytellers, and we have been listening and telling stories since we got on the planet. Um, but at some point for me, it came to a place where I thought, oh, I have stories I really want to share with other people. I think they might resonate with other people. And it was Michael Howard who used to work, he, he did a lot of Shakespeare theater. He's a great actor. He's not here anymore. He's in Texas. But he taught a storytelling workshop through Acorn Productions. And this was quite a few years ago in the 90s, early 90s or mid 90s. And for some reason, I took this class. And uh, it was just tremendous. Michael had such a passion for telling stories, and he just such a created such an open and safe space for us to tell stories. And uh, and suddenly, I found myself. I'd never thought of it really before. You know, I mean, I told friends stories, but at that point, I was like, "Whoa, I love this!" You know, and to be able to take see, it's one thing as an actor. You're on stage. You're reading somebody else's story. You're their character. You're saying their words, mm-hmm. and. You know, you hope to find a role that gives you a character you really want to say something, you know. And there's not a lot of those roles all, all yeah. the time. And especially as you get older, it's like, do you get a role that gives you a chance to really say something you want to say? But when I write my own stories and do my own show, then I get to say what I want to say. And it's interesting. I, I did commercials for a long time. And commercials were really fun, you know. But uh, I told myself for two years, I'm not going to question... what's behind the scenes of these. I'm just going to do them for the experience. And it was a great experience. And these are TV commercials? Yeah, mostly television commercials. And uh, and it was great. It was a great experience. But there were times when they started giving me infomercials and stuff like that. Uh. It was like, ah, no. (laughs) 
But but what happened is people would see me on the street and they would talk to me and they'd say, hey, you're the milk guy or you're the this. Oh, say that line. And there's one from Oakhurst Dairy and, and the line was, ah, milk again. And people <laughs> loved that freaking line. And I'd walk down the street and say, say it, say it, say it. And I, it was hilarious. I went to a party one time. This couple comes up and thanks me for selling them a couch from Young's Furniture. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, yeah, that was a fun commercial. Well, yeah, but it was so nice that you were there and you helped. And I I don't work there. I'm an actor. <laughs> no, 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 no. You took us downstairs. We were going to buy the full price, and you took us downstairs and showed us this thing on sale, and wow. we saved $300. And I realized I could not convince him it wasn't me, and I just said, yep. <laughs> but at that point, and then I was doing some political ads, and people were voting for the things I was saying, and I thought, apparently I have some something I can do on video and on stage, and I'd rather say my piece than say this other stuff that people are asking me to say and selling couches. So I actually started a show on uh, Channel 2. It was called Channel 2 back then. It was the Portland Public Access. It's now Community Television Network, Um, and called uh, Off Center with Chris Newcomb. And it was just a chance to do talk to people about anything that wasn't mainstream society. So we had all kinds of interesting people in Maine. And I wanted people who were sitting at home just buzzing out, you know, and they're flipping through their channels. You know, nobody, I don't think, goes to public access like, oh, boy, <laughs> there's a great show. But they'd flip through channels, and maybe they'd see this short little thing. And it was all these short stories and interesting interviews. And I just wanted them to sit there and watch it and go, oh, oh, you know, make them think a little bit. Just wake them up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was great. And then since it's been my stories as much as I can, and, you know, like I say, if there's a role out there to play, it's really get to say something that's fun. So that's a very long-winded answer oh. to that question. But yeah. So can people catch your old commercials or old public access shows? Um, on The public YouTube? access shows, I don't think they're being shown anymore. They used to show them like six times a week for, oh, yeah. you know, over and over and over. And so, again, people <clears throat> would stop me in the street and talk about the show. It was really fun. It was great fun. But, uh, no, I don't think you can see those anymore. And, I mean, I have some of them digitally. And then, uh, yeah, any of the commercials. I'm still doing commercials, so every now and then you'll still. Somebody said there's one for, uh, I think it's Northern Light Healthcare that people will send me. I've never seen it, but they send me messages and say, oh, I saw you in Northern Light. It looks good. But I don't watch TV, really. I just I watch Netflix, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. So I never see the commercials that I'm in. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> so. so when did Mercy become Northern Light? I don't know. I think in their competition with, you know, Maine Med is they're trying – everybody's competing. So, huh. so um, how do you decide for the show? I mean, is there a connective thread? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The well, the, the, the theme of the story is called Think You Might Be Wrong. And so every story has that theme that is in there. That's the thread that runs through everything. Something in my life where I either was so incredibly wrong, and some are very funny, and some are just they're really heart-wrenching. It's, it's experiences I had where I did something. I, there's one that I talk about when I was in a religious cult, and I, I did this horrible thing in the name of love. But I, that's what I believed at the time, and that's where I stood. And so I couldn't see outside of that. And so that's what I did. And it's a horrible thing, but I, I, I have to tell that tale, to be honest. You know, this is mm-hmm. the place I was, but I, I couldn't think I was wrong at the time, even though I knew in my heart I was. But I really, I couldn't really conceive, consider that thought. And it's funny, because a lot of the stories are short. I mean, I'm not going to tell any of those stories here. I don't want to give anything away. But, sure. But, there, you know, one of the stories I do about this kind of thing is about just asking questions. 
and how important it is to ask questions. And when I was in that group, it was very difficult to ask questions about the things we believed because what if you find out they're not true? Well, that means that everything you've based your life on, just, uh, so you're so afraid to ask questions. But if the thing you believe is true, you don't have to be afraid of asking questions. You can ask a million questions, and all it will do is substantiate how true that thing is, you know? But it's the things that we're afraid to ask questions about, those <laughs> things that we need to do it the most. Because if we don't ask questions, good Lord, we'd still be thinking the earth was flat. We'd still be using leeches, you know, and we'd still say that germs, what are germs? We don't believe in germs, you know, we didn't even know what they were. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, good Lord, we ha- the whole thing of life is dynamic, it changes because somebody asks questions and goes, is this right, you know? I mean, one of the things, for example, I was thinking about today, again, this whole thing, you know, with M&M and, you know, the knee, taking uh. the knee, all right? This huge controversy is all about taking the knee about the pledge. You know, I mean, the, the Star Spangled, the, the national anthem, right? right? Well, wait a second. The bigger question is this. Why the fuck do we, can I say that? Yeah. I, I did. But why the fuck do we play the pledge at a football game anyway? Where did that come from? What's it got to do with sports? It has absolutely nothing. Why do we say the Pledge of Allegiance in school? What does that have to do with education? Why do we, we used to say prayer in school. Why, why do we do that crap? Asking those questions opens doors to understanding. So this thing about taking the knee, the big question is where in the hell did that come from? That is a political agenda that the government has to get people to believe we're Americans. That's what this is. Boy, you know, apple pie and baseball and football. Yeah, we're Americans. We're human beings. Are we Americans or are we human beings? So, but asking questions is the thing that's important. Otherwise, we just keep going along and along and along, you know, so... Mm -hmm. And so that's this story. These stories all deal with just that. Think that eh, maybe you're wrong, you know. So, um, and they're all stories about me, <laughs> you know, doubting myself or not doubting myself, perhaps when I should have. Um, yeah. Do you experience life thinking this would be a great story? Uh, I don't know. I think when things are happening, you just they're just happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And then maybe later it's because. Stories come when you realize something. I mean, the whole idea of a story is we're trying to make sense of what's going on in our lives. You know, that's why we tell stories. We, we don't need to tell the story about going to the bank, but we tell the story because it helps us make sense of the idiot that was in front of us that did this stupid thing in the road. And, you know, like I'm a pretty nice guy and a pretty mild-mannered guy, but put me in traffic, I say the most horrible things <laughs> in my car. It's just awful. It's awful. But I could tell a story about going to the bank or something, and you know, either just make it funny but it could also you try to make sense of what you've been through and what your experiences are and so as I'm experiencing things to me it's like you know I also have a a YouTube channel and it's called uh, Thanks for Thinking and uh, the idea is that so much of it is we just don't have time to stop and look and pay attention to what's going on and so I go out and I look and just see things and try to show hey you know and there's one of the segments is called uh, you know I've been looking for you and it isn't, I've been looking for you, like, where are you? It's, I've been looking for you because you've been too damn busy to look for yourself. I had a little time. Here's what I saw, you know. And so it might be something as simple as shadows. At, at uh, Two Lights State Park recently, I, this thing with shadows, it was so fun. But th- there comes a bigger story about what those shadows are really all about and what does it mean? What are the shadows in our own life? So, I mean, that's what stories are really all about is helping us make sense of things, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, people, I, I, you come and uh, you're nice enough to come and read stories mm-hmm. uh, at my place, uh, Morrison Center. Yeah, that's and so fun. Ask, yeah, and people ask, you know, so who's this uh, Chris Newcomb? And I, I really call you. Um, well, he's a Renaissance man, oh. and you really kind of are. You know, you uh, you do your visual art as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you drive down uh, Brighton Avenue, yeah. yeah, you'll see your little figures there. Yeah, uh, I passed two of them on the way here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and um, and you're a retired teacher, right? Yeah, I taught gifted and talented kids in well all over the state. But Falmouth for 12 years, Raymond for 13 years, and then five years in other places. And uh, that was, boy, that was fantastic. That was really fantastic. I've just actually finished writing my memoir of those years. I retired back in 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I have readers reading through it for notes and ideas and suggestions. And then I'll be sending, you know, fixing that up. and then. So you're an author as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was such a great experience, you know. Just a wonderful time. I really had so much fun there. And it was all about creative thinking and about, you know, like one of the, the things, posters on my wall was, you know, always look for the second right answer, you know. And, uh, you know, just, just the idea that there's always more, you know. There's always more. Now, did Footlights come to you um, for this show, or did you come no, to them? No, I wanted, well, I wanted to do it. I have done storytelling there before. We do a, there used to be a thing called Stories on Stage that we did once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've done several shows there, but I approached Michael, and then at the, at the same time he said, oh, you know, I'm going to look for people that are doing locally that want to do things. So I sent him uh, the rundown of the show, this, that, and the other thing. And he said, yep, yeah, and gave us some dates to work with. And I found Al and Margaret from Snow Lion, and we've been working at it ever since. Huh. So, yeah. So, I'm really excited. It's a great little theater. And, um, you know, Michael, I was doing a show with him when COVID came, and we had to shut the show down. And that was March 13th in 2020. But Michael had to shut down, like all the theaters. But then he was one of the first to open, if not the first to open. He got all the, you know, the air stuff, you know, circulation and all the things that the state guidelines were, and he's been able to run shows ever since. And he has, he can seat 90, but he only has sales seats for 45, so he always leaves space. You have to be masked, you have to be vaccinated, you know, you have to proof vaccination. I think you have to show your proof of vaccination, but, uh, you know, he wants that and he wants you to be masked. And nobody that's come has had a problem with COVID and gotten COVID there, so that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a safe space. It's a great little theater. Yeah. It's a wonderful space. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what's next for you? Do you think after the well, show? Well, um, a show. I'm thinking about a show called Other, um, and just dealing again with a theme about otherness, otherness, because there's uh, in my own life there's an awful lot of a feeling of not being, not being this or that or the other, but just something outside of you know other, just other than what most people expect what it is to be a man or what it is to be a father or what it is to be a you know whatever you know it's just, it's just always feeling other you know and so I thought maybe that'll be my next show is, is about otherness um, and I think because of the whole situation with all the trans and, and things going on and the, you know people that are trans mm-hmm. um, it's it's it'd be a good timely thing to have those kind of tales you know and I might even ask if I can get some people to come tell their tales it would be really nice about that um, so that's one thought I have in the back of my mind. The memoirs is another. 
Um, and then once it gets a little warm, I, I work right now year-round in my studio, my art studio, making aliens and other kinds of artwork. I mean, it's not all aliens, but um, but these big aliens, they're like five feet tall, you know, and they're colorful. And the reason I make them is because I woke up one day and there's this person who had become president of the United States, and I just was shocked. And I f- literally felt like I was an alien in my own land mm-hmm. since then. So I started making aliens, these weird little creatures, and people have really responded really well to them. So... Um, that's been fun. So I'll be making more of those. Um, yeah. Well, we got a lot of things to plug. So let's. let's yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so at the. Uh, and I want to come back to the Morrison Center if I can for just a second. That is a blast. So about for a while I go every other week and I read at the Morrison Center. Yeah. And uh, we have fun. We have a fun time. I read children's. I started to read some books like bigger books, but I find that it's really fun. I'm reading Frog and Toad. Um, you know, these children's books that are just brilliant. The authors are brilliant. And the tales are so human. And you can think they're children's books, but they seem way beyond that to me. You know, like mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss and those kind of things. And everybody there loves them. There's there's one guy, I can't remember his name, but he never says a word. He's not he's nonverbal. And he started giggling. Oh, the Elephant and Piggy books. Ah, uh, David. And I was reading the Elephant and Piggy books, and suddenly, for the first time, he just giggled to, to me when I was there. He just started giggling, and he giggled the entire time. And I was like, yes, I love this. It was uh, wonderful. Yes, David has yeah. the most infectious laugh. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's really delightful to do. So Footlights Theater, if someone wanted to grab tickets, how'd they do that? They can get online, um, and it's just Footlights Theater Falmouth, Maine. You know, they can look that up. Um, you put the website on there, I guess, right? I I, I'll put it right in the up. notes, yeah. Yep. And then there's a phone number there. I wish I had the phone number. Oh, well, I might have the phone number. Oh. Not that anybody will write it down, but just in case, let's see what we got. Well, let's gra- see. Grab a pencil. Um, is he, does he have it down here at the bottom? Uh, come on. I know if I go to tickets. I think it's there. on the poster, if you have the poster. Yeah. Hang on. A box office there. It is 747-5434. Yeah, that's the box office, 747-5434. So, yeah. Okay. And how about your YouTube channel? The YouTube channel is called uh, Thanks for Thinking with Chris Newcomb. And i got about 35 or so videos there, anywhere from a minute to uh, some are as long as maybe 10 minutes, you know. And they're all, the whole idea is just to get people to think a little bit, you know, and go along short stories. I you mean, still I, produce them on a regular basis? I don't do them on like a regular, like I get, get a certain amount out each month, mm-hmm. you know. I thought I would, <clears throat> but now I'm just doing them when I'm inspired. I have several backed up of things I want to do. Um, but yeah, there's some, and some of the stories I'm going to tell in the show are actually on there. Um, but the, the short ones, the really short ones. So. And how about your art studio? Yeah, the art studio is called Alternatives, and uh, it's again the website is just just chrisnewcombart.com is how you get there. And I do mostly steel work and steel wall pieces, um, the aliens, which are very colorful figures, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, garden pieces, um, and I do these uh, lanterns that light up. They're solar lanterns that are about four feet tall, and they light up at night with the you know because of the solar uh, powered lamps and they just cast a glow across the yard that's really delightful oh cool so and then i started doing because of the aliens i'm bringing color into some of my other steel now and my wall pieces and that's been really exciting so yeah great okay so uh 
think you might be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Newcomb, thank you for thank stopping by. Thank you, Lorenzo. You bet. And if you have something you want to share, be it a song, be it uh, poetry, spoken word, whatever you got, I'm ready. Um, get in touch with me at podcast, open mic, that's M-I-C, at gmail.com. I'm Lorenzo, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>